It's life on life's terms. Here we are once again, the Life on Life's Terms podcast. And uh, like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step programs. We love the 12-step programs, however. And, yes. Uh, they are They are good. <laughs> they are good. <laughs> they save a lot of lives. Don't listen but to the But they have statistics. no monopoly on recovery. No, they don't. Um, or self, uh, you know, actual uh, self-work. You, can't working on, you can work on yourself in many ways. Yes. Uh I'm Chris Mandeville. Uh, I am a. We don't even introduce ourselves as being in recovery anymore. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a heroin addict in recovery. Yeah, me too. Um, and we are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass, on Quincy Ave. Um, yeah. Who is ever so gracious to let us use this space for this podcast? Thank you. Um, Again. Yes, thank you, New, uh, New Way. They're great over here. Um, so. LOLterms.com. Um, we are on iTunes podcast, Apple podcast, uh, Google Play. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. Yes, please. Share this video. Right. Add people. Like, yeah, Please please uh, subscribe to the audio program pro, uh, podcast if you can. Uh, yeah. If you would. It's great. Um, if you, you know, if you can't get to a meeting, at least you can listen to one, like driving into work instead of screaming at the people that are cutting you off. Exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> like I do. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're just trying to bring awareness to what's going on and be aware and, and reach out to the people that, you know, like maybe can't get to a meeting because, um, you know, I'm a single dad and I know I can't get to meetings a lot. Uh, so that's just another way of. Getting some recovery in. And uh, tonight we have Alex, um, who reached out to us last week. Uh, we always ask, we, I, I say it all the time, if you have a story that you want to tell or you think you have a story that, that should be heard, please reach out to us and we'd love to have you on. We right. want to hit this from every angle. Should be heard is more important than yes. want to tell. Because man, you might not want to tell it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Some people are very afraid of speaking, and um, but this is this is uh, pretty easy. It's good work and easy stuff. Yeah. So um, we're going to turn it over to Alex, and she's going to share her experience, strength, and hope with us. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot for coming. Yes. Here. Thank yeah. you very this much. Is a very interesting thing that you bring. To yes. The, to the table here. Thank you. I'm really Literally. happy to be on here tonight. I'm really, I'm really grateful to be on this podcast. Like it's, it's great. It's great where you guys. It's, it's also we get to talk about like recovery and mm -hmm. share your strength and hope, and that's something that I really love to do. And I, I included nice. a lot in in the work that I have dedicated myself to. These yes, past which years. is which is interesting, and you know, one of the you know things that wanted me to get you, it, it made me want to get you on here faster. So. Um, you can tell tell our viewers what you do. So I am a medium, and I like to just say that in in simple terms for you guys. Um, it's not just you know talk to dead people, but it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like six cents. I see dead people. Yeah, I was a medium once. Now I'm an extra large. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm an extra large as well. <laughs> it's great. I, there's so. Many <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. I like, yes. to, I like sh medium. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but beside... Besides that, in more in more complex terms, I am I like to consider myself um, a messenger, and I bridge the gap between the afterlife and, and the physical. And a lot of people that seek my services are people that are in their journey through grief and healing, mm. and it, it's just it's a really really great feeling to be able to help those people. Yeah, because I mean I know some people who struggle a lot with uh, losing people. Um, and, you know, survivor's guilt and a bunch of stuff. Um, it can be very difficult. And, and especially if you're, if you're in recovery, um, like I know for myself, uh, like I was still active when my mother passed away. Um, the last chance I got to talk to her, I didn't take because I wanted to get high. And act by active, you means you were, you were yes, still actively I was, I was, using. I was still actively using drugs and alcohol. And like she called me and I didn't, I was like, I had just gotten high and I was like, um, mom, can I talk to you tomorrow or can I call you later? She's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, she mm. basically died the next day. So I, I, I like gave up that opportunity to it's talk tough. to my mom for like the last time. There's something know? I want to say about grief and, and I have no idea. I mean, I've heard the grief process and what it is and all this stuff, but, but one thing that I've obs- observed and I have young uh, parents, and they're still alive. Um, I lost my grandparents, who I love dearly. But anyway, one thing, and the one blessing that I've had in those experiences, and that I've watched people I know struggle with, is the date. Do not, m- you know, make sure you memorize the date <laughs> of when someone died. Because what I see, uh, maybe that's bad advice, maybe it's not, but what I see is. Every time that date comes up, they they have all sorts of pain and relive all sorts of pain. It's like digging it up again. It's it's crazy that you're saying that because I couldn't remember the date my mother died. Perfect. Could I could not remember. I can't remember the date my grandmother died. Sitting in Project Turnabout in the lounge. Hmm. And I was just off for like days and uh Tommy Hurley was like What's going on with you? And I just couldn't figure it out. And mm. I'm sitting in there, and it was checkout, and I'm like, "What's today's date?" And I think it was—I'm pretty sure it's February 9th. Um, I said, "I think this might be the day my mother passed away," and it was. And mm. after Tommy comes up to me, he goes, "You just went through anniversary depression." Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Your mind knew when it was, like your subconscious knew when it was." But you just couldn't remember the date. Yeah. It was, I don't, huh. it was weird. Wow. And yet sometimes I feel like it's almost, I guess it would be simpler for us all to not really remember the date. But like, I also like to, you know, let people know, especially with my experience with helping others through their journeys and grief that even though this date is coming up and you, you might feel like, you know, that separation is going to come back, that, that trauma, those flashbacks, if you haven't really, <coughs> if you haven't really healed fully yet, especially when, when you're in recovery, because, you know, every single day we're working on our recovery and we're working on ourselves. I, I always just think it's, re- it's really important to just remember that they're always there with us. Right. They're, they're always there with us whenever, right. whenever you really think about them. It's, hmm. it's, it's bizarre, but just in my experience with, you know, sitting sitting next to people and just doing these sessions, that they really are so close to you. It It's bizarre. I, right. 
I mean, just because you can't feel them doesn't mean that they're not there. Absolutely. Mm. It shows in the validations that they, they send themselves. Yeah. Um, but especially when I was, when I lost a lot of people, I, I've, I've lost my grandmother that raised me um, around, around the year 2010. And that's actually when my drug use started to progress. Yeah. I would say those dates are what always, would always have put me in that depression as well. Mm-hmm. So, so you realized that you could do this at what age? Around, I would say around, like when I was eight, that's when I really started to, to see spirit and like hear things. Um, what, what happened when you were that young and, and what, how, did it, how did it occur to you? How did it all happen? What, take me back to that first time. Like. So like running and playing, just playing around as a kid, I would, just, I would just hear someone call my name and I'd run upstairs to my name and be like, did you call me? And she'd be like, no, what are you talking about? There would just be so many little instances of that. And I would wow. I would feel things I would I would see things but like I grew up in a Catholic family so that's nothing that I would ever talk about right mm. yeah absolutely nothing oh no that doesn't happen no <laughs> nope <way. laughs> even like you know as I was growing up too even throughout throughout high school I never talked about it but when my grandmother passed actually when I was a sophomore in high school that's when things started to progress a little bit you know also with with my addiction, because I wasn't in recovery yet, but also with my paranormal experiences. Um, so, so like when when something like this would happen, like, did you think like, am I crazy? Like, am I hearing these? Am, do I have schizophrenia? Or, you know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you tell if it's like real or if it's like just your head? You know. Well, I didn't know what was going on. I had no clue. I, I had no one to really tell me what was going on and what I was experiencing because I had so many paranormal experiences, especially, you know, my sisters and I, um, we were living in the house by ourselves that a grandmother left to us. And she actually, um, she borderline passed away in the house. Yeah. So there's, I just feel like that kind of led to the paranormal experiences that were there. Um, but I couldn't tell my sisters that. They, they I was so, like the So no one else in the family is... Um, has this so actually my father's side of the family that we never really connected with as much as we should have um it actually ran on their side so we never educated about it and it it actually wasn't until after i graduated high school that i recognized oh it actually runs on my family side um they they can do what i do and it was just really interesting to realize my whole life i wasn't crazy you know wasn't black sheep well i actually am a black sheep and i'm okay with it but <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Um, I would just say, in a sense, it took a, like I always felt different from my family. And you know what? I, I still do. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've grown into cool. that. Different yeah. to be yeah, different. Difference OK. You know? I think uh, black sheep kind of makes makes it sound like you were always in trouble. Is that the case? I mean, I was always in trouble. <laughs> OK. <laughs> it was hard for me. I, me too. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I own it now. I yes. own it. Uh, and it. I was too. Like I was getting in trouble like long before I picked up any alcohol or drugs. Like hmm. I was I wanted attention. It didn't matter if it was good or bad. I say that all the time. I just it just focus on me. Like my father uh we got divorced. My family was the four, first divorced family in the neighborhood. So like I I felt different than anybody like at a very early age. I was like 7 years old. You know, so dude, my mother had me uh, when she was sixteen. So yeah, I was definitely different. Right. Yeah. So, 
you realized this was going on at eight and you went what how old were you when you started using so i would say like around like my nana passed around 2010 and i was sophomore year in high school and like I was always, you know, I always managed to get my hands on alcohol and, you know, different sorts of thing, but it wasn't progressive at all when I was mm-hmm. at that age. But uh, around after she passed, it, it it progressively picked up around around then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it kind of like, it like spiked, it slowed down a little bit, like throughout, throughout my years in high school. And it's weird. Like I was still having these parental experiences, but I was, I was progressively like running away from myself and running away from my feelings and not really knowing, you know, like escaping from what was going on inside of me. Mm. But 2013, when I, when I I graduated high school and it was a good big accomplishment for me because I had no parental guidance. Mm. It was just my sisters and I, and, and like how old, how old were you guys in this house? Like, and who was the oldest? So my sister, when we first got it left to us, she was 18 and she was, she was my guardian at 18 and I was, I, th- I believe I was around like 15 or 16. So I mean. So, 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 did you tell us what happened to your parents? What happened to your parents? No. Yeah. We didn't. We skipped that. So yeah. So there's actually a pretty big history of addiction in my family. Actually, mm-hmm. my father passed of a heroin overdose when I was a child. So oh. I never really got the chance to really meet him or connect with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother has, you know, she she was active in addiction. So I never really had that relationship with the mother. But my grandmother was always basically there to really, you know, pick up the work. Mm-hmm. And she really did. She did a hell of a good job. Yeah. She and, did. And now you grew up where? I grew up in Squatham. Oh, 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 really? Oh, okay. So you're a Quincy kid. Yeah, Quincy local. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, so at what age did your grandmother like take over? She took over when as soon as basically like when I was born. Like wow. she took guardianship right away. Okay. And hmm. it was a great thing. She really sheltered us from a lot of the uh, addiction that kind of ran throughout our family. And, and she did a really good job of yeah. that. Because it was, it, you know, it was pretty tough and it still is pretty tough. And, you know, it definitely runs in my family still. Yep. And I try mm. to just, you know, like sh- share my hope with, you know, share my hope with others just because of like what I've been through. Because it definitely is tough basically getting out of some generational things too. Like, Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, so now your sister's 18. You guys inherit this house. You're, you're and, the, and the where's the where's the grandmother lives in her own house and you're living over and with your sister. No, the grandmother had passed. Oh, the grandmother passed. Yeah, so she passed and the house was left to us. And you know, we did what any other high school kids would do. We, you know, Party. we ran a yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ran a little wild. We had no one telling us what to do. We we loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we loved it. But Out in Squanum too. Yep. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had we had the cool house in high school. Like everyone wanted to come to our house and party. Right. So. Animal house. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, wow, that's wild dynamic with the the like the grief on one hand and the the partying coming in on the other hand. Yeah. So it's like, all right, now I, I should be grieving, but no, we're just going to get fucked up. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And yeah, like you're is. you're hearing people and seeing things and like so, so you said that it, the the paranormal took off when your grandmother passed. Is that what you said? Yeah, I started experiencing experiencing more paranormal paranormal things around the house. Like, for example, like I would I would sit and I would just I would just sit like near the phone, and also it would just ring, and there'd be no caller ID. For example, or there, I would just get 
it would just be really weird experiences where mm-hmm. things would just go off around me and I'd feel things and I'd have these dreams and it mm. I just kept it to myself. But I would I'd freak myself out. I'd yeah, like, like, run I'll, down the street like, "Oh my god, what's I'm happening?" I'm thinking to like me? you're going to think that you're going crazy. Yeah. Like <laughs> what did. the f- what is going on with me? You know, like You know, actually my sister Actually, there was a time in high school we thought there was something wrong with me. And we almost had to take me to a therapist and get me on medication. But it turns out, you know, there, there was nothing wrong with me. I didn't get a diagnosis. But they literally thought there was because I was, you know, I was a little chaotic because it's hard being so sensitive to the world and not really knowing why. Right. Oh, I bet you, I bet you if there was a, a survey of, of alcoholics and addicts that the sensitivity would be uh, higher. <laughs> yeah, you know, being more more sensitive, right? In right. general, if you know, yeah, if if you have that ability, you right. know, especially yeah. like if you could, if you knew they were going to be alcoholics, and you could survey the child right before they took off into addiction, you know what I mean? Yeah, probably it would be like a hundred percent of like kids are like maladjusted, or maybe not a hundred, but a good percent. So now, yeah. was it just you and one other sister? So it's actually two other sisters. Okay. Um, so it's d- definitely difficult for us all, but I would say we all slightly got our head on a little straight around 2013 when I graduated high school. We decided to go our own separate ways. Like, hey, this isn't working out. It's too chaotic. We're going to sell the house. Yep. We sold the house. We went our separate ways. And um, my cousin actually took me in. And that's when, you know, I was kind of separated. And Lynn. Lynn took you in. Yes, Lynn yeah. did. Shout out, shout out to Lynn. <laughs> yes, Lynn, you're the best. <laughs> and she had huh. to deal with me. Uh, my chaoticness Um, yeah yeah. graduating high school um ready to just go on and party probably oh yeah but lynn is not that type of person so no and i will say that being at lynn's house actually was i don't believe in coincidences i do not and i will say being at lynn's house is actually one of the best things that happened to my life because that's where i met my mentor and I had no clue what a medium was. I had no clue what Lynn, Lynn was doing, but she's always been into, you know, mediums and group sessions. And yeah. one day she told me about it. So I was like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, I'll come. I'll come, yeah. And I went there, and I I literally had no clue, like, what it was. And, like, and my mentor, Nicole, was there, and she looked at me. She's like, wow. She's like, you can do what I want to do, and I want to help you. And I was like, okay, all right, yeah, sure. And I didn't know what she was talking about. But then I saw what she was doing, and I, you know, I was a little, not, I wouldn't say freaked out, but I was confused. Yeah. And skeptical, yes, like this lady's full of shit. Like, I didn't believe <laughs> it's okay, you could be honest. I, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, yeah, I was like, right. Yeah, okay, then she told me a few things that my own nana who passed said, said <laughs> that you know she knew what I was up to and stuff, and she said a few validations that only my nana would know, and then I was like, okay. All right, yeah, I believe that because I was really embarrassed. And I'm not even going to say it on this podcast what she knew, but she knew what I was up to. Yeah. And it was embarrassing. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I wow. want to do this mentorship. And wow, that's pretty crazy. It was kind of a yeah. formal mem- mentorship. So it was actually, we're actually really close now. We've had a great relationship and it was a pretty intense, intense mentorship. Um, it She's basically been my mentor and now a good friend of mine since that year. And it was it was a lot of work and a lot of dedication, and it wasn't easy. I worked on myself every single day because uh, it definitely takes a lot of dedication to really open yourself up to that. Um, so it wasn't easy, and she's a really credible 
um, renowned medium and she helps a lot of people with you know developing their intuitive gifts and just really getting to know who they really are so it was really healing as well so i'm really appreciative that i met her oh Very i bet good. yeah like, because now now you have an idea of why this is happening to you and that you're not batshit crazy Oh, yeah, and she, she really made sure to validate that to me, that I'm not. Like, everything was very, no, 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 you're not crazy. Like, those dreams that you were having, all that stuff, what you're feeling, like, it's totally normal. And it was so relieving to hear that. You know, and I think I'm sensitive in general, but mm. that also made me more sensitive. So it's just it was just a really big relief to do that and to be able to to help others with their grief, too, and really understand and learn how to help others with their grief. Yeah, but so now during this mentorship, now did you get sober or did you struggle? Were you back and forth? So I would say like the first year I actually signed a contract and I was sober for that whole year. And it it wasn't as progressive for me at that point. Like it kind of went in and out of being progressive for me. But for that year, I managed to, um, I think also with Lynn's influence, I managed to not really use anything and I was pretty sober for that year and it was really good because I opened up a lot but I would say after I moved out I started gradually getting back into my drug use and it was becoming more frequent but it, I was able to easily control it mm-hmm. um, and and still be able to help others other people with my gifts so I thought you know it was okay for me it was okay for me to do that and you know the denial obviously yeah. it's okay to do this and uh, you know if you can still help other people right right so that was that was how you were it just went you were just years. justifying it like we all do. Yep. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just right. That's rationalization and justification. Pretty standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what was your drug of choice? So it was actually Percocet, and then it went from that to like like a, a lot of different like prescription drugs, but basically right. like Percocets and like Adderall and mm. yeah, those two. Yeah, yeah. My like, if I could afford that stuff, I, that I would have done that. But it was just basic economics, like heroin's cheaper, so. And, like, when I was getting high, the OCs were just coming on the scene, you know? Like, they were – people were just now robbing pharmacies. They were just now going down to the pill mills in Florida. And, Mm. like, I had already moved past that. So, like, I don't even – I've never taken a Suboxone. I don't know what they feel like. I I don't ever want to know what they feel like. I got them in detox once. There was, like – I'd never heard of them before. I – Every detox I went to was comfort meds, you know, clonidine, mm. pentyl, freaking Librium. Oh, yeah. That was it. Suboxone was not worth it. I'll say that that literally was the worst time of my life detoxing off that, and mm. it just wasn't even worth it I've for heard me. that from like, <laughs> lots and lots of people. When I, when I was at NORCAP, they detoxed me off heroin using oxys. Really? Yeah, they gave us, uh, I remember, too, they gave us 30s, then 20s, then 10s. Wow, wow! I right? mean, but they it's it's measured. It's a lot less work. You yeah. know what I mean? But I was probably isn't there two of them? There's like oxycodone and something else, oxy hydrocodone Hy- and yeah, oxycodone. I yeah, think. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it all sucks. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it all leads to the same place. Unless you're yep. really in pain, and then maybe it's yeah. not so bad. I guess. So now you're going back and forth, and and so you're you're helping people. Like you're 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 talking to the their loved ones that they've lost and doing this, but you're still using. Yes, and 
like I said, you know, for a while I was able to control it because it just, you know, I was still doing what I love. I was still helping people. I was still doing my entrepreneurial work. Mm. I was, you know, doing selling energy drinks and shakes, whatever I could do. I just loved to do it. Yeah. Um, so it was never really, it wasn't really a problem for me. And I was always like, well, obviously it was, yes. But I was, I, I managed to appear very high functioning. Yes, we can, which, we can put up a pretty good facade. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely can. Like, uh, it's, it's also especially sad with some alcoholics who can be high functioning. Like my grandfather was mm-hmm. such a great guy, but he, he, he died an alcoholic, an active alcoholic. You know what I mean? He mm. just, he, he just drank. And he functioned. And so you never have this big problem that you are inspired to get over. So you don't, you can never, uh, it's a tragedy because you don't, you can't live um, the life that uh, you maybe would have lived had you gotten sober. Right. Had you blown everything up and gotten sober, you know. Yeah, like a, a high functioning alcoholic, like, okay, I get up, I go to work, I come home. I watch drink it. I watch TV, drink it till I pass out. Yeah, get up, do it again. Go to work, like over and over, over and over. Yeah. But like what kind of movie is that? You That's can, a terrible. You, movie. you hold your life together. You can pay your sure. bills. You can put money in the bank. So um, would you want to watch that as a movie? Right. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want right. to be the star of that movie. Right. Like <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Exactly. You know. With no no happy ending. So now, how old are you when you started this entrepreneurship? I mean the. Um, the, your training so mentorship would, mentorship that's it that's so, the word <laughs> yes yeah, so, so i was around i was around 18 years old and that was around 2013 and it it started to really like you know progressively like pick up for me in in the work sense where i would do more platform public events mm-hmm. and if you know it felt really good for me i did them maybe like once a month or every other month and it's just really good because if you guys haven't really experienced a group session, basically you're, you know, you're part of a collective that's all there for, you know, similar purpose. You're on the same wavelength in the sense where you're all, you're all grieving and you're all there for something you want to get out of that. Messages, you know, validation, closure, healing. So that's what basically made my work pick up, pick up in a sense. And mm-hmm. it's really, it's, it's really nice how, how it's grown a lot, but I'll absolutely say if I did not get sober 10 months ago, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I would be in the same same hole that I was stuck in and it was not it was not fun. And I actually gave I wasn't doing this work for a solid year. I, I gave it up because I just lost hope. I lost complete hope and I wasn't doing the work that I was doing now. And I even deleted my business page at one point. Yeah. And I'm shocked I did that. I'm like, "Wow." So Now, now is that because like you felt ashamed or just you just didn't want to do it anymore or I felt I wasn't capable anymore like I felt like I deserved what I was what I was the life I was you know I yeah, felt like I deserved yeah. what I was living yeah and I didn't low self-worth like, low self-esteem like yeah yeah I'm I, I I'm not good enough to do this that's right you know? yeah that's that's awful it's yeah. awful place and and yes. been there yes yeah absolutely like it's it's hard you know to to when you're in that struggle and in that addiction and you know like obviously you have a gift but like your addiction blocked you off from it and you know you not being able to do it and you you know it, it's it's amazing how it makes us feel yeah that right. when it says uh that god could and would 
if he were sought. If, if he was sought. So I remember being like, I believe that he can, but I don't think he will. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Not what, for me. Not for me. What an awful place. I'm is. too much of a shitbag. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, but all it takes is, you know, you just got to ask. You got to ask. You got to put your feet uh, in the right direction and keep doing the next right thing for a while. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a it's like a small light in a dark room that just keeps growing. Yeah. Absolutely. So like, all right, you're doing this in this room with all these people that, that dark room. They no, no. They want <laughs> they want they want to hear from their loved one. Um, is it like do you just hear like chatter in your head or like how do you like tune in? Like can you like folk beam in on one person or like that's I've always thought about that when I hear about these these things and people that can do this stuff like so basically like when i'm in the zone i am in the zone and i i hear i it used to be a little bit more overwhelming in a sense where i were here like i would hear like a lot of spirits trying to communicate with me as once but i've really worked on myself and honed in on the sense where when i'm in that space i basically i basically see hear, and feel all validations and i i get dates specific dates specific names and shared memories and usually spirit will sh- it, it's bizarre because i'm also clairvoyant as well but the spirit will just sh- basically show me who they belong to and i'll always have you know specific names as well because i'm not a vague person and i don't ever deliver any vague information mm. especially for someone who's coming in that doesn't have that changed perspective yet that i like to deliver to people if you just come in with healthy skepticism which i welcome all the time um i'm gonna want to give you evidential information nothing vague so right something that you yeah. know it this is your people yeah absolutely mm, and it's pretty cool what's even funnier is i love 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 when and i'm not i'm not being a bully or anything but i find typically a lot of men tend to have have more healthy skepticism and a lot of men tend to come with their girlfriends and i love it when they get you know kick-ass reading it's great (laughs) (laughs) it's great and they'll come to me after like whoa like okay like i didn't believe in any of this at first but thank you yeah because i mean it's just an assumption so it could be wrong but you probably see more women that want to do this than men absolutely i tend a lot of my clientele are a lot of women yeah because I could see that, like, oh, you know. The ego. Yes, ego <laughs> and, and machismo, yep. like, yeah, that's bullshit, you know. But they really want to know, like, what Grammy said, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But they're <laughs> yeah. not going to tell you that, you know, or their girlfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, or Yeah, we'll, we'll just tag along. Yeah, you know, we'll just tag along and check out this event. Yeah, they'll cry alone at home, like, <laughs> you know. I, I, I believe there's a lot of things I don't know about, you know. I don't know about uh, that stuff. I don't know. Um, like this, where it comes from, or what it's all about. Things, things that happen in my life. There's like no other explanation than a power greater than myself. Like, I, sure, like, <laughs> you know, I know that for that I do know about. <laughs> and and there's got to be like some type of connection between the two somewhere. Like people like yourself or or whatever, um, because like this, this is just temporary. This skin bag that i'm wearing you know what i mean oh, yeah, I believe, yeah i believe that that we are spiritual beings in uh physical reality but you know my wife she listens she watches all the ghost shows oh you know, yeah all the ghost shows and some of them and i like to give her a hard time but some of them are just like oh you know they hit you you go wow that's uh-huh. 
Yeah, but <laughs> some of them, I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> being so silly. Yeah, yeah. No, that there's there's been a couple where there's been like satanic rituals in a house, and they go and you know, and it's like all the family members have scattered because they don't want anything to do with it. It's like, oh, there's there's some some definitely some scary things and some supernatural things in the world. Yes, I mean, this isn't. It's more than meets the eye, and I totally believe that. You know, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, that part, that like whole satanic ritual stuff freaks me out. I'm not <laughs> like <laughs> freaks me out too. But I do. oh yeah, like th- there's there's good and bad in in everything, you know. And like I know, uh, like a lot of people from Haiti, like they they like voodoo. Yeah. And like there's voodoo there was that you do. Couple couple years ago, actually last year, there was a lot of stuff that you know, was happening to kids because these people think that they were possessed or, you know, it, something happened over at Bridgewater where they were burning one of one of the kids and the sister was sitting there watching and, like... Really? Yeah, like... Wow. Some, some crazy stuff. Hey. Um, so, like, it can it can get a little uh, out of hand as well. Yeah. But <laughs> that's out of hand, yeah. So now you're working on honing your abilities. You decide to gets over and kicks a box and 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 what what was your process and you know where did where did you go how did you get there abilities and given up on on oh yes that's right and it's really funny actually another mentor of mine is actually one of the biggest reasons before i wanted sobriety for myself kind of stopped me in my tracks and you know helped me see through the the massive denial that i had that actually helped me get back into get back into exactly where I was at. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Just, it's a humbling moment. Yeah, just sitting next to someone and just listening to them express, you know, their love for you and what's going on with yourself. At first, when he was acknowledging that to me when I was getting sober, I didn't, I thought he was talking about, talking about my ex-boyfriend at the time. I was like, oh yeah, I agree. Wow, you're right. It took me actually, <laughs> <laughs> it took me three days to realize, wow, he's talking about me. I need to go get help. <laughs> That's Crazy. fantastic. Yeah. Good stuff. So where'd you go? So I actually, first I detoxed at my, my cousin's house. It was brutal. Didn't leave her for for quite a while. And then um, I went right to the the Gavin the Gavin house in Quincy. And were you yep. detoxing on just uh, Suboxins or Benzos too or just Suboxins? Um, I was detoxing off of Suboxin and Xanax and I was like... Not as much Adderall, but like mainly those. Well, the Xanax is a benzo, I believe. Yes, right? yeah. yeah, that can cause seizures coming off of that. So yeah, but I mean, lucky. you're taking Suboxone. You want to take a fucking Xanax too? Like, <laughs> yeah, kicking the four barrel on it. You know what I mean? Well, the the, the thing is, uh, if if anybody's listening, thinking about detoxing themselves from Xanax or, or oh yeah, benzos, bad idea. Yes, right. seek Go seek medical, medical help. Help. Um, there's plenty of facilities out there. Um, you know, luckily, everything worked out everything well for was you. Good for you and but you had you had people that know, right? People like, that have been around for a long time. Like, if you were to get into a certain situation or whatever, you would definitely would have gotten the medical attention that you needed. Yeah, they took care of me, and mm. I'm very grateful because she really she's helped me a lot. Yeah, she's one of my. Biggest supporters, and she's awesome. Yes. Shout her, out to Lynn again. Yes, her and John are great, and I've known them for a long time, and they're like really good people. I love yeah, them. Yeah, very good people. Uh, so now you do this. You go over to Gavin um, CSS. 
trips. I was there for two weeks. And even while I was there, like, I just started to pick up on my passion again. Like, I was reading people there. Like, they allowed it, though. Like, they allowed a tiny little group session. I wasn't just Mm -hmm. going around, you know, because that's obviously not allowed. But they did allow me to do, like, a small little group session there. And it kind of, like, ignited that again in me where I kind of remembered and was coming out of that amnesia. Yeah. I felt like I was snapping out of it. That block has been removed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's almost like... uh it's almost like it's a a block, like your like your consciousness is tuned out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're 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 so caught up in self that like you don't even you can't even focus on anything other you know other than what you're going through at the moment. It's like yeah. it's like a radio being almost on the station. Yeah. Perfect scenario. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> For 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 you younger people out there, like you used to have to turn a dial on a radio, not just yeah. push a button. Right, and it could know. be like the needle would be like almost there. Yes. <laughs> so you do your, your two weeks over at uh, CSS. Yes. Um, next move. Next move. I actually went. I went straight into a sober house. Um, and from there, I just started my journey. And at first, I didn't work on the 12 steps solution. And once it was introduced to me, like my recovery got a lot easier. Mm. A lot easier mm. for me. Right. And I finally cool. looked at myself. So it was, it was great. And I started, the moment I was in a sober house, I started doing events again. Like that was one of the first things I wanted to do when I got out. Like I planned my first event and I started doing them like every single month for about, like, I was in there for about eight months. Okay. So I was doing them every single month, so I was really snapping back into it again. Felt pretty good though. Now, Dead. during this, were you like working? <laughs> were you working a regular job or? Yeah. So I actually, I still work there too. I work there a few days a week. I work at Goodwill in Quincy. Okay. Um, nice. And it's pretty. You like getting readings off of all sorts of stuff there. Like, I know. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> like pick up a teacup and like. Oh, this woman. Whoa. Was- Jerk. This was Abigail Adams. <laughs> <laughs> you know? This this lady was a real jerk. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, grab a house coat and be like, ew, she sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I mean, we know that it's. Ha, has that ever happened? An item? You got a reading off an item? Well, I mean, I, I do a pretty good job now of blocking myself out, but once in a while I'll feel a different shift of energy. I'm like, ugh. I don't like that. Doesn't yeah. feel good. Oh yeah. Like yeah. oh yeah, she had bad energy. But yeah, like walking through a room and you feel like a cold spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's like that's a telltale hey. sign on the guys who was walking around the in those shows. <laughs> on those shows. You know how <laughs> yeah. cold it is here? Yeah. It's really cold. Yeah. Some of those yeah. shows, dude. I'm like, Get why don't you fuck. turn up the heat? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're in an abandoned building. Put on another hoodie. <laughs> So, oh, sorry. It, yeah. it gets funny because you, you know you can. And all so, so, all right. You're working at the Goodwill. You're doing your shows, and you know, what's next, Gavin? Yes. Yeah, so, so basically, I've just been just dedicating myself more to just basically connecting with people on a different level with with their grief and, and healing, and it's it's become more than a dedication for me. It, it's just. Well, it really is my everything, but I just love being able to help people, and it just feels really, really good. Mm. So mm. I'm basically about to be going full time with it, and um, it's taken up a lot of my time, but it but it feels good because it doesn't feel like work for me, right? Um, and- uh, that's so cool. that's like your main focus is like does it does it have to be like someone that recently passed or 
it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And actually, people that recently passed, it's they actually tend to not connect as strong compared to a spirit that has been passed for, you know, like a few years compared yep. to someone that yep. passed away two weeks ago because right. they still need time to adjust in the, in the afterlife right. or, or heaven or whatever you want to call it. They don't usually typically connect as strong. Have um, you read the uh, or, or looked at the videos from uh, accounts of uh, near-death experiences? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am a big fan of reading all about that, case studies and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm a big that fan stuff. of that, too. It makes you feel so good. It's, it's fantastic because it's like, uh, you know, this is all temporary and it's going to be okay. That's what it feels like. When I, it's like this is... Oh, like that. people that, that almost die and then they're like... No, people that do die. They, they are clinically dead. They're pronounced dead. They have an experience. They come back. I mean, there's case after case after case. And there's actually a documentary that we were watching on, uh, I don't know, Netflix or, or Amazon or something, of a guy who studied it since like the 60s. And he's, really? he's gone through thousands of cases of it, you know, and he's convinced that that it's it's real and not just a, a, a manifestation of a physical uh, hallucination in the body at the time of death or at close to death. Yeah, um, because there is uh, like DMT in the body that gets released and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was that movie? Flatliners. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah, remember yeah, that movie? Yeah, where they would like they would basically kill, kill the person. Yeah, and then let them be dead and then bring them back right. to see what they saw. Yeah. Wow. It was... Wow, sounds like an intense movie right yeah, there. Yeah, what was uh, the dude from 24? Um. Oh, yeah, uh, Kiefer. Yes, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah, I we should Julia try Roberts was in that. We should try that at home. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> you can bring the me closest, back, right? Closest thing I ever did to that was like the deep knee bends up against the wall. Your friend pushes on your chest and you pass out. Oh, I, I was pretty close a bunch wow. of times. <laughs> well, hit me with a Narcan. I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, what'd you see? <laughs> Lights. <laughs> Sirens. <laughs> Cops. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah yeah actually like do you remember doing that when you were a kid like, yes tra- the pass out game yeah we were doing that and then we oh and then we uh then we discovered that we could inhale the gas of the motorcycle the dirt bike we were trying to ride that wouldn't start and it would work even better all right so <laughs> the wim hof method oh the wim hof method yeah it's similar to that right I think it so. is yeah Dude, i listen so the Kid I'm working with, going through the steps, introduced me to it. I was doing it in the in the work truck. I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, let me let me bust off a little Wim Hof before I write some resentments, oh, yeah? right? Oh no, kidding, dude! <laughs> I couldn't even hold the pen. Like my oh, hands wow. were numb. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. borderline passed out. I'm that's sitting in the wild. truck like, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool though. Like you just breathe in deep, like you keep like breathing. thirty times, wow. and you give it a break, and then you do it again. It's like a it it's like a freebie. Wow. This guy has been in ice for seven hours. Like, like I want to take the class. Yeah, Wim he generates Hof. heat from his. He he climbed Mount Everest in a pair of shorts and boots. Yeah. I want to meet this guy. Yeah, me too. I was just gonna wow. say, if anybody knows That's him, get him great. on the podcast. Yeah, if you go on, care if, if you go on YouTube, Wim Hof, it. it's yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, Wim Wim could probably help some people in recovery. You know, and give it, some advice. Do it's it yeah. it completely oxygenates your body, your right. brain, like it's. It's very healthy. It's very healthy for you. 
I mean, you almost pass out, but <laughs> it's healthy for you, <laughs> you know? At least it's natural. So anybody know him, hit him up. Let's yeah. Get him on, on the show. Yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> now if, if someone wants to reach you or reach out to you, um, you have a website, you have a web page. Yes. So if you want to reach out to me and book your own personal private session or group session or check out some of my events, you can visit alexsarmedium.com. I'm also on Facebook, um, Spirit Medium and Intuitive Alex Sar. You can reach me on both forums. And Spirit yeah. Medium and Intuitive Alex R. Alex Sar. S-A-A-R. S-A-A-R. Not S-T-A-R. I get that a lot. S A A R S A A R. Um, her Facebook profile is linked in the description of this video. Um, we can put another link later on in one of the comments, um, or if you go on later, you can throw it in there too. So you, so you would, you've been doing 12, 12 step work. So you, you're uh, is this AA? Do you do AA? Yes, I'm actually yeah, I do AA. Nice. Um, sponsor anyone? I'm not sponsoring anyone currently. But it's definitely a goal I have in the future. I'm just so overloaded, very overloaded right now with a lot of the work I have. But yes. it is oh, definitely yeah. a good goal. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you, do you get to work on your own recovery as well as doing all this? Like yes. going to meetings, doing what you need to do to take care of yourself? Yes. It's, it, things have been picking up a lot lately. So I've been working a lot on balance. And I think it's extremely important to have balance because self-care is important as much as it is to help other people. So I've been really learning how to balance my self-care lately yeah i've been been learning for 17 years (laughs) 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 haven't got it yet yeah it's always like "Eh, i'll get there and then like one way or the other right well it's it's a it's a it's a constant struggle yes it's a it's a good struggle though it's a good struggle it is it really is (laughs) um so what else what are we what else are we gonna talk about you get you, you you getting any readings in here not getting any downloads currently. All right. That's good. Not, not getting hear, any. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, because the, the ladies out there were <laughs> asking. Kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they have a women's nurturing meeting going on right now here as well. Oh, nice. Um, nurturing, so, yeah. yeah, so you can find her on Facebook. Um, you're, you said the website. Um, we'll definitely put links in there. Um, right. I think, uh, yeah, you were going to put your link. Uh, on the bottom of the audio podcast, right? Your website? Yes. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Is there anything so it's else? All, it's all good. Anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> I would just really like to thank you guys for allowing me to come on tonight. I really, really enjoyed being on this podcast. And I just, like I said, I just think it's really great what you guys do. Thank you. Thanks. We, we appreciate that. Um, you know, we do this almost every week um and i was talking to tom last week like if we don't have a guest we've been like just saying okay we're not going to do it but we've changed changed our mind maybe so if we don't have a guest i think we're just gonna like go live q a like what do you guys want to talk about like hit us off with some questions like you know because we've not gone on and people like message us where are you like, why aren't you on? Well, I mean, we, we <laughs> you know? can we can give it a shot, right? Yes, yes. You know I mean? yeah. It ain't gonna hurt. We can relate uh, relay our story. I mean, we we did a uh, our first podcast audio podcast was like a 
our story. Yeah. I told mine, then you told yours. I think that's how it went. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's only in the audio. That was before we went uh, Facebook Live or anything like that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, it's been really good. Uh, hopefully, um, we've been October, November, December, January. Almost a year and a half now. Oh, that we've been recording. Yeah. 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 It's been pretty good. Uh, 49 <laughs> speakers. I was actually on my um, Fire Stick on my TV. Oh, yeah. And it has Apple Podcasts. I was like, let me see. Oh, Popped yeah. It up. yeah. Popped it right up? <laughs> yep. Nice. Yep. So good I could could have listened to him right on the TV. <laughs> so, yes, lolterms.com. Um, like, share, subscribe, please. Please, uh, yes. Please you know, share this you. video. Um, and once again, anyone that wishes to come on here and share their story, you can message myself or Tom or the Life on Life's Terms page. Um, we are very responsive. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> we always have our phones in our hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. Um, Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. Yes, thank I you. Appreciate it. Um, and I hope that um, everything keeps working out for you and you your abilities help lots of people. Yeah, and if anybody uh, if anybody out there is looking for a reading, this is your girl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I think that's I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap for this one. All right, folks. All right, thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Have a good night. LOLterms.com. Peace. Peace.